quite often I see people looking at it from a principle perspective, like uh, moral principles, or, or uh, but I, th- I think of it more of in, in a consequentialist perspective, uh, like basically pragmatically. Uh, and I see that for Palestine to be able to exist, they have to recognize Israel. As long as Palestine Palestinians do not recognize Israel, I don't recognize their right to exist. Because it, it will not function in practice. Like, how are you able to have a sovereign state right next to you that basically the majority of people and the people who are governing them don't they want to eliminate Israel? Uh, and then how are you going to give that state sovereignty, uh, free borders, uh, or like borders under its control, its own military, and so on, knowing that they just like want to attack you? So... Sorry, un, uh, until we reach a situation where they are able to recognize Israel, I don't see that they have the right to exist as a state. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. Um, I think, I think it's quite difficult when people put us into this position and ask you, "What is your solution?" You know, I've, I've been asked on many different accounts, "What is your solution to X, Y, Z?" You know, if you were a politician, and I'm like, one, I'm not. I'm not a security analyst either. And I think from what I can just say from my own analysis is that a a two-state solution is only possible if both states are secular, because otherwise they will always infringe on each other's rights and the rights of people who are in those states. So maybe in that sense, there is a bit of agreement with Omar, like the acceptance that Israel is going to exist, Mm. and they have to acknowledge that. Um, But I... But I do think that Hamas specifically is never are never going to be freedom fighters for what Palestinians need and want and can have. Uh, and that and that kind of sets us back with this war a few maybe decades back. I, I don't know if there, there there will ever be. Yeah. No, I, I do agree. And I think I think that the, this is now what they're calling on or what they're saying is that they're they're due to the fact that Palestinians do not want the existence of Israel, then Israel is is committing ethnic rensing, uh, cleansing of of the Palestinians. What what what, what do you make of that, uh, Omar? Do you think that that's the only the solution, or like is that what should happen, like an ethnic cleansing of Palestinians, in order for Israel to be able to exist as a state? Um... Here, I, I think, like, the, just be, before we move on from this, like, there's, again, for me, I, I care much more about the practicality. And for me, this whole thing about the two-state solution is a pipe dream because both the Palestinians and the Israelis, they don't believe in it. Uh, it's like 70% of both sides do not believe in a two-state solution because the Palestinians, they don't recognize Israel at all. and the Israelis, they know that the Palestinians don't recognize them and that they would be a security threat to them if they were a state. So this is why both of them don't don't uh, want anything to do with it. Uh, the majority, there is a minority that wants that. Uh, and then when it comes to like Hamas, I guess what, what the Palestinians need and what they want are two different things because I think what they need is to actually recognize israel and just live in live in peace and focus on economic development and and social development of their own country um uh, as an independent state but what they want is a fight to remove the occupiers from israel Uh, and these two things are not reconcilable Uh, and this is why we have a problem um and, and when it comes to, like, what, what should we do with that? You know, there are actually, in practice, or what's what's realistic is uh, there are a few options. Some of them are more realistic than others. I don't know if you guys know, but before 1967, uh, Gaza was under the administration and control of Egypt, and the West Bank was under the administration and control of Jordan. But <laughs> that is not something that... Egypt want anymore, nor Jordan, um, because of a lot of reasons that we could get into. 
but in a sense, this could have been a better solution uh, when it comes to to Gaza. Um, another another scenario is I don't think that scenario is very realistic, uh, unfortunately. But another scenario would be basically that Hamas has to be dismantled uh, and eliminated uh, because, like, they are an obstacle for the peace process. Um, and uh, there should be the Palestinians should be governed by a non-terrorist organization. But is that so, possible? Uh, I think it is, but it's it's. You don't think so? I don't. Um, but I think it is. Oh, say no. I I don't Why think not? so. No, I was just going to say that um, I don't think it's po- I don't think it's possible to dismantle a terrorist organization. We've tried that with Al Qaeda. We've tried that with ISIS. We've tried that with numerous accounts. And what happens now is when there's economic development in the Middle Eastern countries, specifically Saudi Arabia, Iran, etc., um, that funding goes back into funding that. There's little progress being made on the economic development in countries like or social development in countries like Iran. Saudi Arabia is in a whole other league, but they're also um, quite motivated to fund more terrorist activities or more radicalization, not terrorists, more radicalization. And that's what I was kind of interested in, like the Hezbollah and Hamas. Hamas specifically is a Sunni majority radical they also mean jihadists. And Hezbollah is Shia. Yeah, exactly. And Hezbollah is Shia. But mm. Iran funded Hamas mm. quite strongly because that is the one thing they could agree on. Like Shia and Sunni <laughs> like conflict has been ever seen. Yeah, it's 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 ever it's ever it's ever growing. But the one thing they could agree on where Iran is funding it, not Saudi Arabia, Iran mm. is funding it, is Hamas. So I don't think that is possible. I, I mean, I, I think, yes, maybe you can sure, you know, neutralize a big proportion, but they're going to keep coming. We tried that with Iran as well, like, you know, sending back the IRGC. And I think a lot of these issues are connected in the root of a lot of Western countries make, enabling that as well. And, and that's what we're seeing right now on TikTok, Loa, you mentioned, um, Twitter or social media, but also the streets that are being taken in cities like uh, London. A lot of these are Western actors. Some or majority of them are Muslim heritage, but many of them are not. Many of them still see Hamas as not a terrorist organization. Many countries, including developing countries like in Africa as well, and these are, by the way, like quite rich countries. And the support from the outside enables these people to thrive and these groups to thrive and to continue going on. I think yesterday I said that, look, Israel is going to come out winning this side if there's even a win called. And then I was a bit shocked at like, you know, how many people are taking the streets. Um, the news on my side being filled with both polar opposite mm-hmm. factors. And it was a bit sad. It was it was a bit sad because I think for me, what I've noticed with ex-Muslims is there's a lot of division within with the Palestine and Israel. And some people who are on the side of Israel are coming from the mindset that we used to be anti-Semitic. It was very subtle. It was very it was very subtle for some people and it was very apparent for other people, which is like you hate Jews. You know, Omar's dream growing up is an example. But um, when you have that and you grow out of it, you kind of distance yourself from, you know, that act and you sympathize with Jews, which you should sympathize with innocent people anyway. But then I've seen the other side who are continuously, I think they they feel like a sense of um, injustice happening and that if they side with Jews, they're going to be called traitors. But if they, they pick neutrality, they're often, like you said, Luai, they often go into two categories. No, but you're still supporting one. And if they side with Palestinian, it's a defense of their own ideas mm-hmm. and mindsets as well. Like the ideas that we're brought up with or the culture, the culture, the, the pulling back. 
I'm sorry, we went on a tangent, but I, I, I don't think that Hamas is ever going to be neutralized because they're supported by so many Western but, but, uh, entities. But in what sense would Hamas specifically be supported by Western entities? Vensterpartiet. Um Ah, you mean well, like um, as in moral support well, rather than, than actual like um, funding or financial support or something of the sort? Well, we are funding them accidentally, right? Well, actually, that's true. <laughs> I was going to say we're unfortunately we are we a lot a lot of countries yeah, are already true. funding. That's can we for certain say that organizations with aid for Israel or Palestine does not go to the idea? It's actually worse. We can. We, it's actually like, worse. We, we can for certain now say that it has gone to Hamas. Like even like uh, Hamas are like uh, they are using water pipes that uh, are being sent to them by by the West to they repurpose them and they manufacture rockets instead. Um, so this has been... I mean, there's a there's a lot of processes here in between yeah. from water pipes to rockets. But but I do see that, like, they... Like, it, it's sad. It's bad. I'm like, I feel like we are funding it. There is uh, there's no I mean, way we're I mean, getting out of Qatar this. Qatar and the U.S. have come um, up and denied that the fact that um, the U.S. Um, giving Iran $6 billion a few months ago that it has anything to do with what's going on. But I mean, where you follow the money, there is a complicit um, attack or not attack. I mean, there is this destabilization that happens in the Middle East is all is all can also be contributed to um, Western involvement. I don't think I think even if the West does not flood in money or does not get involved whatsoever in Middle Eastern warfare, you're still going to have warfare, warfare, warfare in the Middle East. But I mean, what really strikes me in all of this is this discussion and this debate is is really radicalized, just like the COVID discussion. The, the main issue and what it comes down to is the, the inability of Palestinians to accept Israel and be peaceful towards the existence of Israel. But also remember, this is generational trauma. Like the, this has a really big part in how young Palestinians also view Israel as well. And when I come with the opinion that I think Israel and Palestinians want peace, and in my head, it's the majority, but I could be very wrong. You know, I've, I've only been to Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, and parts of the West Bank, and I've only met people mm-hmm. in metropolitan areas as well. So I could be very wrong from where the majority of the people who do vote for policies, government, or even who contribute to violence or not exist. So I have, I, I would say I have a very naive view when I say, mm, just like I you, am. that I want peace as well. I mean, I, I want that, but, I, but I, I don't think it's achievable as much as I want it. I don't think it's achievable because this has been going on for over 75 years. And to accept that either Israel, Israelis right now or their future generations, two generations from now, will ever forgive, you know, Hamas or conflate it with Palestine, will ever forgive Palestine, is not going to be true. But also the same thing for Palestinian generations now as well. It's too hard to just say you need to accept this because it's ongoing and it's even more fueled when you're within your own communities. Because, you know, trauma keeps fueling trauma. Like you're, you're just going to continue holding that grudge against the other side. So I, I guess just to be clear, I did, I don't think that I'm able to provide a solution, but I do think that some things require more context and background that I was hoping that, you know, as we go along, we'll discuss. But I'm also particularly interested in Omar's um, research over the land of Israel. I'm wondering if you want to walk us through what your learnings were, because <laughs> I'm really interested and I didn't want, I wanted to hear it from you, then reading it up yeah. as well. Um, uh, just, just before we move on to that, um, I think it's, it's um, there's a difference between having, like totally eliminating Hamas and eliminating them in a sense that they are no longer in charge. So this is like what I think is doable. 
like it's possible that you weaken them so much and be in control so much of, of Gaza, for example, that Hamas is no longer in charge. Uh, and, and I think that is sorely needed, uh, even for the sake of the Palestinians. Uh, there is no good will, that will come to the Palestinians from Hamas being in charge. They, they cannot win this war. It's, it's very strange that, they, that there's any belief in that. Um, so, yeah, that's one thing. But, but speaking about the history, do you know what's also interesting, even from the Muslims' perspective? Like, it's quite often they say that the Jews have no claim on this area and they have no right to be there and they are occupiers in this our country, even though in the Quran, it's like like the like Muslims believe in Moses, they believe in um, uh, David, they believe in Solomon, they believe in the, in the people of Israel, that they were in this land uh, and uh, and all that. Um, so it's like it's it's a kind of a double thing. Um, but yeah, like basically this whole area, except for uh, the southern part of of um, Israel and like Gaza, Ashdod, Eshkolon, um, they were under the basically they were the kingdom of Israel and Judea. And this is was was the homelands of the Israelites. Uh, long, long ago. This is where that ethnic group came into existence to begin with. And, I mean, if, if you look at the history of, of the Jews, it's like a history, it's, it's almost unbelievable, of constant persecutions, uh, persecution by the ancient Egyptians, by the, like, the Assyrians, the Babylonians. Like, every now and then, one of these kingdoms goes in and starts to, like, basically massacre and enslave and, and displace the Jews. And, but even though they were still the majority, uh, like ethnic group in this area uh, during that time, and they were the ones ruling it until the, like eventually uh, they were um, decimated to great extent by the Romans. It's the Romans who basically reduced uh, the population of the Jews in, in the area to that extent. And that was like in the, yeah, in the, around the first century AD, I think. Um, so there was, then it was like mass displacement uh, and a lot of Jews were killed in several like rebels. Um, and then during the the Christian period and uh, the more Christians started to like migrate to, to Jerusalem and the Arabs only like come to the, um, to the region really like this Jerusalem, Palestine in, uh, in, in like great numbers only after the, the Arab uh, occupation of the, of the country. Um, so this is this is basically uh, the the ancient history, so to speak, and there is also. Have you seen this this image that's being circulated about like the progression of of Israel slash Palestine? That in the beginning it was just like Palestine. This is not true either. Like the vast majority of of the land. Um, was owned by the state during the Mamluks' time, uh, and then afterwards during the Ottoman Empire's time, it was state land. Uh, and then the British took over after World War One, and they started to have some kind of um, uh, they, for, for the strategic uh, strategic interest. They wanted like uh, a group that would help cater to their interests in the in that region so this is why basically they thought about establishing the jews again in palestine um and after that 1917 1920 during this time the there was an intensification uh, of the migration to of the jews to 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 uh, palestine and jerusalem um and it's also important to, to think that before that, there weren't states. Like, Palestine was part of what's called Ottoman Syria. There was no Palestine. 
uh, in this sense. There was no state of Palestine. Um, yeah, but all that like started to like cause conflict between the Arabs and the and the Brits, and then the Arabs and the Jews who have started to come. Even like uh, I think in 1939, the Brits. Um, restricted the right of Jews to own land in Palestine, which is interesting. <laughs> and they didn't want them to get any more land. But then eventually they declared the the uh, Jewish state, the Israel, in 1948. And you know what happened after that war on the Arab world. Interesting. I, I, I like uh, thought about how the Quran mentions Bani Israel hundreds of times okay maybe not hundreds but israelis and, and jews are a big part of the islamic narrative that's who the prophet muhammad right. fought in many of his uh, crusades but i do think there is this new um understanding where people this is me after being spending many hours on tiktok and seeing leftist narratives of the whole issue is that there there's more um contempt towards israel because they think that the, the Arab Jews and the semi-Jews were the ones who were, you know, a part of the Arabian Peninsula and the Arab world and uh, Northern Africa. But what's happening now, why they're so against the, the, the current Jews is because a lot of white European Jews have come to the Arab land. And that is where they draw the line. You know, we, we can, they'll tell you, we, <laughs> I, I saw this video of this woman who were saying that we respected the Jews. We had nothing against the Jews before the U European Jews came and started killing us. When, like, the biggest, like, from my experience of, of, of Jews is that in, in Yemen, like, the Arab Jews in Yemen were scolded, hated, assaulted, driven out, mocked. They had no rights. So when Israel was created, every Yemeni Jew ran to Israel, to Israel because Israel's, like you said, uh, Omar, that Israels have always been hated in every single part of the world that they were. And I do think it's because they're successful. It's because they're smart. It's because they're driven. It's because they support each other. And people do not like that strong homogenous unity that, they, that the Jews have among amongst each other. And, and because of that, Jews have been hated and, you know, um, excommunic excommunicated from many societies. So it does not really shock anyone or it does not shock me that when israel was created it, it became a haven for the jews who were um hated and, and and assaulted in in different parts of the arab world but um the one of the narratives that are brought from the wing from the right wing and i mean mostly the far right is that they say we swedes and we germans when our countries get destroyed where are we gonna go where is going to where is our safe haven where is our swedish community and where's our german community and there's this lust after a community that they can speak their language have their traditions and cultures uh israel is that for um for, for the jews and people do not want that to exist and flourish and be and thrive because they do have um anti-semitism or like i call it just hatred towards jews and, and the idea of jews i was just gonna say loai before you got your citizenship in sweden where was your land i was actually just a citizen of the world a global citizen if you will i guess i, I hear your i hear your points right jews persecution long time different entities trying to hurt but I, I i do not agree with like people having to need that land based on religion and, you know, speaking of European Jews, when, when I went to Israel, I, I went there as a Muslim. This was in 2016. I was there for work and it wasn't nice. <laughs> it isn't like I loved Israel. I loved um, the West Bank as well. But what wasn't nice about it was that I went in, I wouldn't say hating Jews, maybe a strong dislike. But I was like, I'm going to challenge myself so I know more about this because right now I'm just keeping this hatred or this 
perceived idea to myself. So I went in, I was indoctrination, really, exactly, right. And I went in, I was scared, I go to work. And you know, my name is very Arabic with the H. And everybody just thought it was like a Jewish name. They're like, Oh, it sounds like this, this, this. And I'm like, No, it's an Arabic name. And you know, everybody was so nice to me. They were really nice. And I didn't expect that because I was actually scared. Like my first day in the office, I was scared. I was only there for two weeks. Um, but everybody was nice. And what happened was I went to the reception, like the office reception, and I said, I wanted to go to the West Bank. Her face, when she looked at me, she's like, Zara, I can't let you go. And I'm like, I'm an adult. It's my life. <laughs> I can go. And she's like, it's not safe. It's, you, you know, you shouldn't go. And I'm like, well, I'm still going to go. Like, it's up to me, right? I'm taking the risk. I'll sign the waiver, whatnot. Did all of that. Went to the went to Jerusalem and then went to the West Bank after that. Took a tour, and what was really apparent in the tour was that um, it was a Palestinian guy taking us on a tour, and he kept you know he kept saying our land is taken, you know this is the wall, these are the arts, and what I heard from both sides just being in that was there was so much polarity. There was there was so much polarity, and I had I, you know a Zionist had me over for dinner. And, you know, explained to me why he believed that he needed, he is entitled to the land. And it had a lot to do with, like, because this was given to us. And I was just going to say, and the one thing that made me realize, as you were talking about European Jews, was that, I don't know if you know this, you probably do, but if you're born a Jew outside Israel, you have the right of passage to have a one-year fully paid trip not one year but maybe like a 10 day fully paid trip to for you to get to know your ancestors and learn about the history and the culture and the religion and basically they'll lure you in by saying if you move here after this you will have a free house we'll get you a job you'll be settled we'll get you married like literally whatever you need we'll make sure it's there and for many people it sounds like a really attractive pass uh, like package to come back to that land and so a lot of Australian friends that I had who were Jewish, not a lot, but like, you know, a significant amount went back. And I was really surprised. And I'm like, but you're Australian. Why would you go in a land that is that seems unstable to me? But for them, it was like it was also a part of brainwashing as well, which was this is our land. We belong here. And, you know, we need to continue like staying and keeping this alive and increasing the population. I think that there is all, when it comes to just like the Jews specifically, um, there there is of course this religious element, like you're saying Zara, but it's definitely not for all the Jews. Like there are atheist Jews and secular Jews and so on. And even the persecution of the Jews was not necessarily based on their religion only like it's not like um, european countries if somebody who who is a jew ethnically speaking uh, if they say no i am kind of like i'm not a jew anymore they'll be like okay now we we will not discriminate against you so it, it was not just religion based so there there was this kind of ethnic persecution as well and if you have this ethnic persecution Continuous, like if you look at it, it, it literally happened over like thousands of years. If you have this continuous ethnic persecution and you know that you have been kicked out of your homeland and then you are basically being like, um, how to say, like, yeah, like killed and, and persecuted and discriminated against everywhere else. This is like a constant reminder that you do not belong there and you're not safe there. Uh, and that's a very strong um, motivation for you to seek your homeland again, regardless of, of like the religious element uh, at all. Like if you just like know that there was this home for my ethnic group, for people of my ethnicity, and this is like the only way that I I would be safe historically. I mean, um, then it's like a, it makes sense for the Jews to try to go there again and establish their own state. Uh, as a part of the LGBTQ uh, community, I do feel the same kind of, I wish that the gays could also have their own country somewhere where we can run away from all the heteros who keep, you know, not 
understanding us or being you know complete allies because there there's always like anti-lgbtq even in the most progressive countries but that's not a very stable country though you would die you will die pretty quickly yeah but yeah exactly that's what i was gonna say that if the gays have their own country then we're we're not going to be able to repopulate and that's literally the only reason why we're not you know buying our own country but i i do think like Jews, people don't understand the distinction between like Jews and Muslims. Like with Muslims, you're you believe in the religion and you're a Muslim. You can come from any country, from any culture, and you can become uh, religiously Muslim. But with the Jews, right. there are religious Jews there, are, and there are ethnic Jews. I can become a religious Jew, but I can't become an ethnic Jew. And the problem with 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 the um, uh, with anti-Semitism, as it's called, just like anti-Jews, is that there has been historical hatred toward towards both religious and ethnic Jews. Like, uh, as a as a, as a Muslim, as an ex-Muslim, we can run away from Islamophobia. Like, if you meet someone and then they tell you, "Oh, Prophet Muhammad is that Prophet Muhammad is that," you can just say, "Well, I don't believe in that," and they're like, "Oh, okay, all right, then I get that. Then you're fine," because you disassociate yourself from uh, Islamism. But with ethnic Jews, if your mother is Jewish, there is no way you can run around it because they hate your blood. They hate who you are, not just your your ideas and what you believe in. And therefore, there is this safe haven for, for Jews, ethnic and religious, in Israel. I, I watched this TikTok of this Jewish guy who was very emotionally expressing how it's racist and and disgusting that that Israel is for Jews. He's like, I'm in the I'm in the United States of America. I don't want to go back there. Why are you displacing people who live there? Well, I'm sorry, but this is not about you. This is about Jews who live in countries and in spaces where they cannot be Jews. This is about the Yemeni Jews. This is about the Arab Jews. This is about the European Jews who have been persecuted and hated for all their existence. And this is something that the leftist Jews do not understand, that there needs to be a safe haven for the Jews. Just like there are countries for Muslims, there are countries for Christians, there has to be a country for the Jews. And there is this like conspiracy theory that the, the Jews' real plan is not just to have Israel, it's because they want to have a great Israel. They want to eradicate all the Arabs from Iraq, from Syria, from Egypt, and have it like a, a chokehold on the entire region, which is just Jewish hatred. Like, there are no plans for that. And if they wanted to do that, they would have been doing it for a very long time, and they would have done it a long time ago. I, I don't agree with there being countries for Muslims. I, I, I don't think it's specific countries that are Muslim. But for ethnic groups, to. I guess. I feel like it's very national restricted. I think like Yemeni, Saudis. Yeah. For ethnic groups, yes. But but then you're making that conflation that Muslims are the same ethnic group. Right? <laughs> um, I, I yeah, do understand. But you do understand what I mean. That, that's what I meant. I'm not talking about the ethnic Muslims. I'm talking about ethnic Yemenis, ethnic Egyptians, ethnic Saudi Arabians. But I think like, now that we've spoken a bit about this, I, I would like us to circle back to where we are because, you know, all of us three, we live in secular Western states and we've seen how the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is, is it, to us, it's not just the conflict that we're talking about that exists in another state in, in, in Israel and Palestine. It is also an a Western problem. It's a Swedish problem, it's a European problem, and it's an American problem. I can't imagine how it has been for for Jewish people who live here in Sweden when directly after the, the terror attack of Hamas, like they saw people going out in the streets celebrating that. It must have been like uh, really rough, you know? Um, to, to like, especially when it was like so fresh, you know, and, and you're seeing all the videos and pictures of the uh, of the victims and stuff, and then suddenly, in Malma and like other places, people are going out, basically celebrating, and and it's also like bizarre because like there has been like there have been demonstrations here in, here in in Sweden where it's like. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the pictures. I think it was in in, in Sergal's story, but or like oh, I think so. Uh, there were like the Nazis, <laughs> the hard leftists, 
and the Islamists all in the same demonstration mm. yeah. <laughs> for Palestine, um, which is a bit bizarre, but also um, interesting in a sense. Um, I think, I think people in the West, especially politicians, have really underestimated how much anti-Semitism uh, exists within certain like immigrant communities. Uh, so this this has been it's like the same the same way that they had to like um, face the problem of honor culture, for example. They are starting to be face to face with this problem of like Middle Eastern anti-Semitism, uh, and I think they are just like right now because it has never been so apparent. So it's right now that they are like starting to think, okay, what are we going to do with that? I guess, I guess for me, I was I was a bit appalled to see, like you said, Omar, the left and the Islamists coming together, but also how much we've made it okay to say so many things that shouldn't be okay. Australia, in front of the opera house, had "Gas the Jew," chanting, hundreds of people chanting "Gas the Jew." And if it was the other way around, when it was Quran burnings, for instance, we equated that to an incitement to violence, but not the other way around. It's really interesting. Like in my head, the one thought that occurred is Islamism is taking over. Like that's that's the head. And maybe I'm coming from a more pessimistic point of view, but that was what mm. occurred to me. And then, of course, when you put something on social media, whether it's pro-Palestine or pro-Israel, it was really hard to maintain that neutrality because I was getting attacked from both sides. It was ex-Muslim saying that, no, you can't be neutral. But it was also ex-Muslim saying that you have to be, you know, um, pro-Israel or you have to be pro-Palestine. And, and it just made me think that we are a group of people who have left religion for the very like indoctrination that you know we we were all raised with and you know the whole idea of free thinking kind of went down the drain when we decided that one must think like us and owe loyalty to us or to a group to a movement and we're not allowed to have that nuanced discussions we're not allowed to disagree we're not allowed to educate we're not allowed to speak about it because it is so because we're we're only valued when we have an opinion that is so that supports either of the polar opposite mm. views, um, and as somebody who has been taught a lot of, you know, has been taught, but also has encountered a lot of disgusting attitudes from Islamists, but you know, specifically on anti-Semitism, it was quite sad to think of the reality that right now it feels like not many people are siding with Jews, even the Jews who had nothing to do with this, the Jews in the UK who had nothing to do with Israel, you know, the kids who were born in Israel. I remember I had a few Twitter messages that no Israeli is innocent. Yeah. All Israelis are complacent in the occupation. And that was, that was sad to me. That was really like, it was angry. There were a lot of emotions. It was, and it was also like igniting a lot of religious trauma in me because it just felt like we're in this space where, you know, all the indoctrination is now coming out in like louder voices or amplified without any much thought to how different people are affected in this war. Um, but I'm also a bit concerned about Lebanon trying to get mm. into the war and bombing the borders between Israel and Lebanon. I, I can't remember the, the Arabic name for it, but maybe you could help me, Omar. But the, there's a psychological trauma that, that happened in the, in the Middle East and the Muslim world when Israel was birthed, and it was also like the... the... Nakba. And that word, the Nakba, was something, as a Yemeni, where we're like, thousands of kilometers away from Palestine, but it's something that we also have been um, psychologically um, put in a frequency of feeling the same. This is why like, you'll find like Iraqis and Syrians and Yemenis going out and, and screaming their lungs out about this cause, even though they're not Palestinians. It's because the Nakba was kind of like forced onto us as our 
national Arabic and Islamic trauma, that the Jews who our religion has told us our, our, our enemy have stolen um, our country. And in Yemen, on almost every street in the old city of Sana'a, there is the, the Houthi logo, which says death to America, death to Israel, curse the Jews. And th- that yeah. hatred is very collective. It's not something that uh, kind of like, oh, we just don't like the Islamists and the people who are radical, or we, we maybe we don't like this sect of people. No, it is towards all Jews, and it's not just towards Israelis, like the, your friend who said that... Uh, uh, every Israeli is complacent. Actually, every Jew is complacent. Uh, the only Jews who are not complacent, according to these people, are the Jews who go out and condemn Israel and they're vocal about how much they're against uh, Israel. Those Jews will be used in the Palestinian propaganda to say, look, the Jews, these are the real Jews. These are the good Jews. These are the Jews we like. But everybody else who's who's just minding their own business in Stockholm, uh, they're they're a part of this um, war machinery, according to 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 the Palestinians. I think also like one thing that is interesting to look at, like the uh, demographics of it, like in in the U.S., it's very clear that there is a generational shift when it comes to support of Israel. Like a lot of the young people right now they support Palestine in the U.S. Mm. among Americans um, and especially also, of course, among Democrats. And there is less support among the Republicans. Um, But this is also partly because of the whole identity politics, anti-racist ideology that has been like, has been fueled in the West uh, as of late. Um, and and the the Israelis have been fla- framed as the oppressors, and the Palestinians as the oppressed. Mm. Um, and this will definitely have repercussions in the future because, like, this plays right into the hands of the Islamists. Um, and I'm sure, like, there is a similar pattern here in the in Europe compared to the U.S. Actually. That is so true. There's also an ongoing theme of the the protectionists of Hamas and Palestine who do go on these rants about how Palestine and Hamas and Gaza are the, the, the victims because they don't have weapons, because they're poor. And that just reminds me, it just gives me deja vu of, you know, identity politics in the sense of migrants, black people, Arabs, doesn't matter if you're a rich Arab or, you know, right wing Arab or anything. If you're Arab, you are oppressed. If you're black, you are oppressed because of the color of your skin. And I I do think that also plays into the narrative of um, Israel being... um, also partially white and because Jews are partial, like many, there are white Jews in Israel and there are no white Palestinians that falls right into the framework of identity politics of if you're not white, then you're oppressed and you know, we should feel bad for you and we should have equity. And if you're, um, I mean, if you, if you're not white and if you're white, then there's a very high chance that you're an oppressor. So you're absolutely right. And it, it's not also shocking that many of the Black Lives Matter um, and leftist supporters and, you know, queer identity and queer theory are on the Palestinian side. I mean, just look at Sara Lashon. What did she say? She posted the, the, uh, a picture on Instagram where, she's, where she wrote something. This is not a verbatim, but it was something like, Oh, so when you're when there's um, a war against the Ukrainians, you're all uh, supporting Ukraine. But when it's Palestine, and then she put just a slash, just like why isn't everybody supporting Palestine just like they supported Ukraine? Is what she meant. Uh, did, did you uh, have you seen this like um, sketch or like a stand-up comedy bit of Louis C.K. when uh, uh, that's called, of course, but maybe. Mm-hmm. When he's saying, when he's like, basically, um, he was saying something about 
um, people who, who get wounded in wars, for example, that is like, of course, it's horrible, but maybe, but maybe if you go to a country and you're shooting people over there and you get, get shot, it's a tiny bit your fault. <laughs> uh, so it's, for me, it's a, it's a little bit like that when it comes to uh, like the whole Palestine, Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Uh, like, like of course it's it's bad that there is like this blockade of Gaza and like bad humanitarian conditions that has been for the last for the past period. But maybe at the same time, if you are adamant on not recognizing the Israeli state and basically like being governed by an organization that uh, says that they want to like obliterate Israel, it's not very strange that you come into conflict with that state. Uh, And this is something that also the Palestinians as people, they need to like, really come to like grips with they cannot like they they cannot think that they can support organizations like Hamas and Islamic Jihad and so on and are going to have peace and good economic conditions like there has to be some realism infused into this into this scene you cannot like think that you can be openly hostile to Israel and supporting terrorism against it. And it, they will treat you as if you are their best buddy. It's just strange. It's delusional to think that way. Mm. And there should be more people. This is also why I'm a bit like, um, it can be a bit, uh, how to say, um, provoking when I say things that I don't think that Palestinian states should exist. But the thing is, like, I see people very much, like, focusing on this, like, ah, oh, we have to, like, think about both sides and we have to, like, um, be nuanced and so on. There's nothing wrong about being nuanced, but at the same time, like, tell me, practically speaking, what do you want to do? Um, if, if, you're, if you don't, like, grapple with the cause of this, cause of this conflict, if we don't have talk about, like, the practical road forward, the, 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 the talk of like moral stances, for me, it's like pointless. Mm. Something that is obvious is that the Palestinian state is not, and the Palestinian people are not accepting of Israel. Israel is not accepting of their unacceptance. So what do you think should happen then if Palestine is not accepting and so, so do you do you believe the team of Israel? Like I have uh, friends, non non Jewish friends, non Israel friends, who do believe it's actually just one friend who did say that I actually want the only solution to this is for Israel. And to me, I, I don't agree. But what he said is that Israel has to turn Gaza into dust, and that is the only way that Palestinians will realize that they have no chance and they have to accept Israel. Is that what you believe? I was actually going to chime in and say, I read this really nice article. Not sure where it was. I'm trying to look for it. Um, On the National Post about there's no moral equivalence between Israel and Hamas. And I thought that was a really good article. This was before even Israel went on the defense as well. Mm -hmm. This was written like on the day it happened. And it talked about the differences between how Hamas attacks and how Israel attacks. And Israel, at this point, I still think, has a lot of power and they're really holding back. Um, I obviously don't agree with cutting off water, electricity, because it will harm civilians at large, like water and electricity. But there is a point to be made that Israel is really trying to hold back. But actually, when it comes to this like war and uh, water and electricity thing, uh, again, if we go back to practicalities, what what do you guys like? Let's let's imagine like a, because this is in essence like some kind of like tribal conflict if you think about it. So if you have like two tribes or like even two families, and the family of Gaza came out and killed a bunch of your family and captured 100 or like some members of your family 
and then went back to your, to their home, right? Uh, what what would be your reaction? Would you, would you be like, well, I have also to think about the members of that family who just attacked me, uh, or would you be like, well, I have to like just get back the people that they have abducted? Um, so I don't know. T- to be honest, like it, it, it's pretty harsh, but uh, but at the same time. Um, Israel also has to get its its people back and they have to think about minimizing the death on their side as well because two things like from like um a military perspective yeah if you are in, in, in at war with uh, a region or nation or whatever it's not super smart to give supplies to your enemy that's that's one thing uh and especially if they are holding hostages so one and we should not forget that this also is like mainly Hamas's fault but i'm wondering like if at some point this kind of pressure can also make some people or many people in gaza realize that hamas is not their ticket to a better life uh and the I I really hope so, and and like maybe I hope so. But then, but then it made me it made me mm. think as well, right? And this is probably the pessimistic mind on both sides, right? IDF is the bigger, stronger mm. fish here. Maybe not fish, but like is a bigger, stronger party here. Like has a lot of military, whatnot. And Hamas in the past, since 2021, past two years, has really scaled up very quickly. Even cyber intelligence as well. I don't think they're in equivalent here with IDF, um, but they, they are pretty like equipped right now. I know a lot of people, I know Lua, you mentioned that they're not, but they are. That's a lot of money that they've had, they've just been given, but also probably over years, they've gotten a lot of money that were potentially used for Palestinian aid. And with like, I think Israel is holding back. Um, at the same time, it feels naive for me to think that there aren't Jewish, there aren't Jewish people or groups that actually want to wipe out all of this. Maybe even out of revenge, or maybe or avenge right. the death of their people. Um, but there are people that are and can have the power to like literally launch that button to do that wiping out um, of people. At the same time, I always thought, and maybe I still do think, that a lot of Palestinians do not agree with Hamas. But what if they do? Not all. What if there's a significant proportion of Palestinians who do agree with Hamas and maybe did not realize, and maybe they did realize, or maybe they were a bit naive that they're going to lose people in this war, their own people by Hamas, and... What if we go into a scenario where Hamas does win, right? Israel exists in a very like divided, let's say it's like equal portion divide. Hamas does exist. Who's going to govern it? Who's going to govern Palestine? Because governance under Hamas means Afghanistan. Yeah. It means Afghanistan at the very list. It, it means like you're you're perpetrating again, you're having those people go for Afghanistan right now. In Israel, a lot of Palestinians who had moved to Israel, maybe born there and decided to stay and get an Israeli passport or still have their Palestinian passport and still be given rights or and, and actually equal rights in Israel, um, regardless of a lot of the discrimination but by the state equal rights, would thrive. They're not going to be persecuted if they're gay. They're not going to be persecuted if they're a woman and had sex outside of marriage. They're not going to face a lot of the downsides that a lot of the Palestinians will face. And And I think people have not really, a lot of people haven't really read any of the Hamas's constitution. And that's what surprises me, where people are like, but Hamas are freedom fighters. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're not freedom fighters. The same way, I don't think IDF is a freedom fighter for Israeli people either. Because I do, 
I do think that people are being incredibly short-sighted about what's going to happen as an outcome. Yeah. People think that this Palestine is actually going to happen. If it does, I would be happy, but I don't think it's going to be free because even if Palestinians do get land back, mm. they're not free. I think for me, it's like, uh, okay, here comes the the second controversial opinion. <laughs> um I think Israel has to reoccupy Gaza. Uh, this is I, I don't agree with like turning turning Gaza into a rubble. I think it's it's smart that they evacuate people from northern Gaza to southern Gaza uh, so that they bomb northern Gaza because if they don't do that actually militarily, uh, it's, it becomes very dangerous because you are um, uh, go because they would go into Gaza and if they go into Gaza. Without having to, without having prepared the terrain um, uh, for for their army, there would be a lot of casualties on their side. Uh, going building to building and door to door, it's like it, it puts the defender at some at a much stronger advantage, much better advantage. So militarily, strategically, this is this was the right move. But it's like uh, all the people from northern Gaza should move away, uh, and then the. I think they should enter and um, totally dismantle Hamas militarily, right? And they have to, because like you're saying, Zara, they cannot like just like take out Hamas and leave everything like, you know, to Palestinians to their own. It would be fucking chaos uh, and it will not be better. And you don't know, there, there could be even like as crazy as it, as it sounds, a more extreme group could come into power, like more extreme than Hamas. So what they should do is a reoccupation, this total dismantling of Hamas, and then find, because there are other like uh, minority political, like political parties or movements that are more democratic and more positive towards Israel, even more than the Palestinian Authority. They are small, but they can just say, you know what? Hamas is a terror organization. We don't accept them as a part of the democratic process. So they will not participate in elections. Uh, so, and in that sense, they, they find uh, another represent, legitimate representative of the Palestinian people. And they still, uh, they have like some kind of, um, how to say, a cooperation with this, with these representatives and make sure that there is like proper institutions uh, in place in order to like govern the the area and so that doesn't descend into chaos um so so that's what i think should happen um and the thing is i think this is actually what is going to this is what the israelis are planning most probably they know that it's like insane to they will go in that's for sure and they know that they can just like they can't just go in take out hamas and like okay bye bye uh, we leave you now. The, the, it's not going to happen. There's also another interesting thing, like to to support my theory, uh, like Zara was saying as well. Like the the Arab uh, Israelis, they actually in poll after poll because they have so much better con living conditions. Poll after poll, they say they don't want to go and live in the Palestinian territories. <laughs> they, they want to live with Israel. They they feel even though there can be some discrimination and so on. But even with that, they prefer it to living in the Palestinian territories. Um, and I hope, uh, this is basically, I know, I know it will take a very long time, but it's not impossible. It's not, not doable, practically speaking. And this is the state that I think where we have to reach when it comes to the whole of, of Palestine. Yeah, I, I think, I think for me, it's, it's been a bit hard to pick sides. And every time I've tried to side with maybe neutrality or bringing light to why Jews, Jews deserve a bit uh, more compassion or thought into how many different entities are trying to attack them and displaced as well, I'm always hit with different people talking about oh, but Palestine. But I think what's concerning to me right now is a lot of the West enabling anti-Semitism that is loud and proud, platforms included, so social media, TikTok, Facebook, etc., enabling this. And, of course, not many of them have actually read the Hamas convent or the constitution, and that's concerning. 
because I feel like there are a lot of young people who don't know enough about politics who talk about politics, which is fine, you know, but it's very ill-informed. Mm, and it feels like, a, yeah, it's very ill-informed. It's a, it, it can be toxic. It can very easily create this dangerous situations for the young person itself and the people around it. I remember when Andrew Tate came out, he was concerning because of social media. And I don't, I don't think we're quite realizing the power of social media and how much it plays into the minds of radicalism as well.